Today we will be talking about the Gen Zs and uh, sharing a little bit, learning a little bit from this uh, new generation, especially for us. So you and I fall within the millennial generation, right? Correct, correct. Uh, uh, just to use also <laughs> some definitions, because obviously mm -hmm. there's uh, a lot of different uh, approaches to the generations. Usually, generation is 15 years. And 15, uh, okay. the way uh, when we talk about um, the Gen Z's is really from 1995. Uh, that's from what I understand. There's different versions. You'll see 1996, 1997. So let's take uh, that millennials are from 1980 to 1995. So mm -hmm. therefore, Gen Z is 96. Uh, mm -hmm. onwards. Let's take this uh, gener generational uh, approach uh, mm -hmm. because obviously a lot and let's uh, just to, to start uh, from the beginning uh, we have uh, uh, what we would call probably the traditionalists which would be our grandparents. Mm, okay. Then you have the baby boomers mm -hmm. uh, which uh, it's known that they're called like this uh, because uh, and uh, they were born uh, right after the war, uh, from 1944 onwards, let's say. Um, then we have Gen X, which is the generation just above us. Mm -hmm. And then um, we went Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z. Mm -hmm. So Gen X is a generation above us. We are Gen Y, also called as millennials. And then you have uh, Gen Z or Gen Z. Um, if you are from uh, the, this part of the world. And uh, sometimes also called as iGen, but you don't really hear that. I just, so, that's, really, that's really interesting, actually, the way you, you, you... I like how you're defining it because it helps me follow. Uh, and I guess this makes me realize that with my younger brother, that we have seven and a half years difference, we fall into the same generation, which is really interesting and quite surprising for me to say that aloud because I see so many differences between him and I mm. that I wouldn't I wouldn't have put us in the same bucket of you on in the same in the same group so that's interesting so you know I have a brother who's just a year older and I can tell we have a lot of differences too <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, but yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> it's uh, certainly a lot. So, first of all, I want to say that I would like to split our generation before we start, mm -hmm. before we move on, into as we say, we're millennials or the generation of 15 years. But as you rightly say, uh, if you compare a person that was born in 1998 and a person that was born in 1993, uh, they're most likely to be closer than um, a young millennial with an old millennial, right? To someone who was born in 1980. So I would like to, to take, the, if you want the liberty, to cut our generation to two into the old millennials and the young millennials, because I think that's where a little bit the difference is. And the reason why I'm saying that is because it's really now that we see millennials, or at least the old millennials that have a lot of purchasing power, that they are in big decision-making roles, that um, they're, well, they're having families. So it used to be the hip, young, cool millennials and now, you know, those, this generation is the one who's getting settled into yeah. family, into um, uh, higher roles, as we said, within uh, corporations. So I think the young millennials in a lot of cases are quite close to the Gen Zs. So we can uh, arbitrarily use the uh, Gen Zs with young millennials and uh, put them again in the same bucket. So in a way, so, the, the young millennials uh, still keep the torch. So as I was about to say, the, the young millennials are the ones actually keeping the torch of coolness because so far millennials was kind of 
was part of so many conversations and we kept actually being called millennials and we kept actually reading about what millennials want, what millennials need, who millennials are, what other behaviors. And we used to feel really special and really, oh my God, this is about us. We are actually the, the focus of everything. Not anymore, exactly. It's only the, the young millennials that might have a bit, a bit of um, glory still, but all millennials were probably already forgotten. So this is really cool what you're saying, because I would say that up till maybe even last year, or definitely up till two years ago, you could hear all the time, millennials, millennials, like it was such a focus when, whether you are in a, a meeting, uh, whether it was for, in order to understand more about consumers or to understand more about society, it would be at the covers of uh, Time magazine, it would be the, a lot of hype about this generation. And I feel like within uh, one or two years, we just went to straight away Gen Z's. And uh, suddenly uh, there's a big focus to understand who Gen Z's are, what do they do? And I think there's a lot of reason for that. And one of the main reasons is that they actually make themselves heard. So they really, I think they have earned really the attention. Um, if you want. And so I think, first of all, um, I would like us, now that we have defined them, uh, to see really what makes them unique in a way, because uh, a lot of times we compare them, compare them to millennials. And then uh, it's very important for us to get to know them because we don't really know them right, Olga. No, we're making a no, we don't. We, we're exploring. We're exploring um, who they are. And uh, to be totally honest, it's not that we will crack who they are. I mean, it's a generation. Exactly. It's, it's a generation in action, right? It's a generation that is 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 still being defined. So it's it's unfair to say that by the end of this conversation we will have defined them. And also the definition. Uh, in any definition of any generation should really be as dynamic as the generation itself is because by, by definition a generation keeps evolving, right? Like the same way as like, the people that, 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 that belong to this generation keep evolving. So yes, um, totally. I'm not expecting us actually to crack this, this, this nut actually by the end of this conversation, but at least being able to identify them a bit better because I think as, as, you, said, as you said before, I love how we are coming coming to it from slightly different angles, although I think we are ending at the same the same place. But in a way, I, I would love to hear from you how you handle this segmentation, if you want, from an audience perspective, um, given your experience and your work in marketing. And I guess from my perspective, what is interesting is to understand what is that makes these people actually tick from a employee perspective because they will soon be part of the team they will soon be I, I will soon need to manage them uh, so I need to understand what engages them what uh, sorry say that again sorry I'm saying they just started right they're probably the youngest people within the corporation are the um, exactly. Gen Z's and now as this will be more and more Exactly. So, so it's interesting from my perspective to understand how to best approach them, how to communicate with them, how to, yeah, as I said before, engage them, what, what, what makes them actually feel rewarded, recognized, all of these things. So in, I'm, coming, I'm coming into that conversation with so much interest in understanding um, what is that works for them. So we're trying to understand, to get to know them really through yes. this exchange. Uh, I think it will be for us also a great exploration, uh, as there will be also our, our future colleagues, as you beautifully put it. And um, also to put to say that uh, they really represent the future, right? They're the ones who are finishing now their high school or the ones who are finishing now university. They're coming out to the workforce. They're coming out in a very unique uh, period of time. And also they represent the future, right? They, were, they really, I mean, youth always represent the future, but it's also very interesting by trying to understand them a bit better, how they grew up and what are the habits, is what are we expecting really to see in the future, which for some things, some things for them are uh, for granted, they take them for granted. Exactly. So, as you said, um, 
So as you said about your young brother, uh, the, the, who is a young millennial, uh, there is uh, um, we see already that um, there is some element that you find a difference. But um, I would say I don't know how you view the difference from one generation to the other. But uh, I uh, just by reading and trying to learn a little bit more about Gen Zs, I find that a lot of the things that they say about them are. Uh, characteristics that uh, we used to say about millennials and like we would read about millennials and we might agree or not always agree right with uh, what was said about us oh totally and most often we don't agree because probably it's part of who our generation is to always actually want to break free from any kind of labeling, any kind of uh, putting us into boxes or put us into segments. So totally, mo most probably you will hear, no, 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 that's, that's, that's not right. We want to self-define, I, I imagine, or at least the, we started the dialogue around actually self-defining and uh, yes, identity probably. And I think it's also the fact that we are one person and then you suddenly put into those characteristics of a whole generation that sometimes actually might, some are true, uh, but sometimes you might not completely agree, but obviously it's always a generalization right, when we look at things. So that's why we have our strong opinions about our generation saying, oh no, I don't think that's totally true or... Uh, you know, you don't really see it from the lens of the outsider. But now we have the opportunity to look at the generation from the lens of the outsider. Finally. <laughs> and criticize them. Criticize them. No, joking. no but gen yes, you're absolutely right. And I guess generalization, it's a threat to one's uniqueness, right? So by definition, in generations like ours, that we fight for this uniqueness, we fight for diversity, we fight for the value of diversity. We don't fight for diversity. Diversity is there anyway. But we uh, fight for... Pardon? Personalization. Personalization, yes. Yes, absolutely. So we, we are at this era where we are talking so much about tailoring, personalizing, unique uh, experiences. So yes, but, but by definition, you see some pushback when we're trying actually to, to group people or yeah, generalize, as you said. So when I read about the Gen Zs and I look at the main characteristic, what makes them, uh, how, what are the insights, let's say, that come out when we talk about this generation? I see a lot of things that we used to say about millennials. And uh, I would say that most of the things that I read, actually, I see that uh, these are things that we used to say about us. So before we go into them, and we share some of these. I would say that I find Gen Zs to be millennials in steroids, in, uh, <laughs> like, uh, that uh, just have taken everything that millennials that were saying that they stood for to another level. It's a, I love how controversial, first of all, this statement is. I love it. Uh, and... I, I, absolutely, I absolutely feel what you mean without being able to put my finger in it, but I absolutely feel it. I guess my, my one kind of, in a way, question as a general question. Well, it's very, very. very cheeky. What, calling it controversial as a statement? No, no, but I mean, I mean, it's like kind of a feeling when you say on steroids, I can totally see what you mean, but it's like, wow, that is, I don't know. I mean, I guess this is why we're here today, right? To try actually yeah. break it down. But I think, I guess for one question really from me is to kind of respond to that statement you just made there is I wonder, is it, is it, generational characteristics or is it that we are all as humanity collectively heading towards probably the same direction so it could be that even actually people that belong to the baby that are baby boomers that belong to that generation could probably for example feel that they have more now than ever the sense of purpose or the need to be fighting for a 
higher cause. So I guess I'm, I'm wondering whether the reason why you see so many similarities is because it feels that we are all on this boat, or at least this is how I uh, picture it in my head, and we all move towards the same direction. So we're all part of the same society in a way that stimulates us in similar ways. That is kind of in a way an open question that I wanted or observation that I want to share with you. Look, that's uh, very interesting. And I have to say, when you look at uh, the youth in general, it has a lot of similarities. Uh, they're usually the more rebellious ones, right? They're usually the ones that will fight for causes. Like uh, I'm just thinking of Woodstock at the moment in the 70s. Uh, we might not think that the generation of our parents uh, could ever be cool uh, whatsoever. <laughs> Um, but they did have um, that uh, big movement uh, about peace uh, and uh, the, the how really it was a generation that was so rebellious, that stood for so many things. So I think generally youth usually is one that uh, has a lot of common traits. And in that sense, I think I, I see what you're saying, that we build on from the previous generations in that sense. Wow, yes, I, re I really like what you, say, what you said. I hadn't thought about it this way. You're so right, actually, that it is probably this part of the society that, in a way, to use the analogy that you made earlier, it's probably, by definition, the part of the society that it's a reflection of the society in steroids. It could be, right? That youth is kind of this repre representation, excuse me. That's really interesting. Okay, so yes, I didn't mean to cut the flow. No, but I completely see your point, but um, I want to see what I mean by that, because uh, it's, a, as you say, it's a, a statement, it's a big statement, um, is that I, I think our generation from the previous generation has a, a lot of differences. And I would say the main difference, uh, and a very important one, uh, has to do with technology. Right, uh, that was a very big pivotal moment that really defined our generation as a different one to our parents. Because um, if I just take media, uh, consumption of media, just to simplify things, uh, you start with probably newspaper and uh, magazines, and then you move to radio. And that's already something interesting because you have sound. And then from that, you move to TV and then you have sound and vision within your own home. And then you move uh, from that to actually the online world, which is so many more things that you can do and the way you consume media. And as, of course, uh, digital and online is a platform of 4,000 different things. And so I just took the example of media of how it really has uh, revolutionized the way we consume that, the way we learn about things, the way we can have easy and quick access to so much information, for instance, uh, the tip of our, uh, of our fingers. And uh, I think uh, we always were called like, um, at least in my mind, that our parents were the um, uh, migrants and we were the autochtones. We were the native. Digital, you mean the digital migrants. No. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we, we were born, we were actually raised with it. Yes. Uh, we, we found it very naturally coming into our lives. And uh, as it was evolving, we were growing up. So it was really interesting for us because we remember having our first mobile phone. We remember having our first email address. We remember, I don't know if you remember those chats, those AOL. Um, I, I thought you would say the MSN chat. I definitely remember the MSN chat. <laughs> well, I hadn't, I hadn't used. And we remember Alta Vista, you know, the world before Google. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I feel like we're going back to memory lane. But yeah, no, sorry, continue, because these are, these are, I think, amazing observations that have defined who we are and affected the way we have 
been brought up, right? So, and I always thought, um, and then of course, those other characteristics were the environment was important for us in our generation. We started talking about that and there was recycling and there was a lot of uh, really focus and interest from uh, our generation to really be the one that can make a change here. Um, there was the purpose, purpose-driven to, for instance, when it comes to work, uh, millennials want to be in a company that has a purpose. They want to buy products that, you know, um, care about the world uh, or in the environment. A lot of these characteristics we also see in Gen Zs. And that's why it's so interesting when they present Gen Zs. It seems for me that um, I've already seen this somewhere. Oh, yeah, it was when they were talking about money. <laughs> it feels familiar. It, it sounds familiar. Hang on a minute. Wow, yes. And, um, and what I was thinking is that um, actually we thought that we were the digital generation, but we were raised with that. We were not born with that. True. So we were the bridge between the analog world and the digital world. True. Well, True. Uh, new Gen Zs, uh, they never remember the world without it. And that's, for me, actually a big difference that you can see between the two of us. That's so true. And actually, it's a big difference that we have to admit that we might never be able to understand exactly how these people feel, because we think we know. But again, this is us filtering um, our experience based on, sorry, filtering their experiences through our experiences. So it's although we say it and I totally agree with what you say and I say yes I understand that somehow I, I will never be able to feel it I will I will still be always surprised when they say about babies for example holding an iPad and naturally instinctively being able to swipe right or left and then you give them a magazine and they don't know exactly what to do with the pages for example so although I understand it on a conscious and cognitive level when it comes to to, to feel it so I can understand how these people feel, this is where I fail. And I'm like, no, no, they must, they must know how a book is being used. They must know how a magazine is being used, which I think it's really, it's really important when we, the millennials or any other generation before us, put together programs for this Gen Z is, I guess, to admit that although we understand and recognize the differences, we might never be able to see it through their, their eyes, right? When we're putting together a communication plan or put together a recognition plan or an engagement plan, we may never be able to kind of really understand uh, how is it to not know how to use the dial pad, for example, on a, on a phone. You know, that's how I test uh, sometimes people to see uh, our generation. Uh, no, I say, you know, there's a very simple test. You just ask someone, do you know what's the relationship between a cassette tape and a pencil? Oh, there we go. <laughs> I've seen the picture. I think there is a meme or a picture or something actually doing the rounds. Yes, fair. Good. <laughs> So what do you think um, is that evolution? How would you, what would you say about this new generation in the way that they maybe have taken some of the things that we have started as a generation and uh, taken them to another level maybe? Yeah. So, you know what, it's so interesting because as you were talking there, I'll answer your question straight away but just say that I want to make a comment that you made me literally just think about now that you were talking us through this technological kind of evolution but to answer your question I feel that what I'm thinking about them is I totally get what you said about them in steroids but I would um I would unpack it further to say that I observe that these people come with everything we've experienced and we felt we've fought for as being already gained and being already given. This is, again, this is part of my experience and me observing the world around me, right? So it feels like what we feel that we had to, to work through, it feels that for them, it's something that they land 
within and they just experience, mm -hmm. which in a way, if I am to take it one step further from how does this probably manifest itself behaviorally, it's that things that we felt that we managed to get, we managed to gain, we managed to succeed, we managed to, um, to, oh, conquer, to conquer, yeah, be vocal about, they have a bit of a sense of entitlement to these to these things. Mm -hmm. And I know that entitlement has a bit of a negative connotation, but I mean it, I don't mean it in that respect. I don't mean it necessarily negatively. I mean that they're entitled to a reality that we fought for. And of course it may come across actually at times as in our eyes as, oh my God, hang on a minute. I wasn't like I wasn't like them when I started my job. When I was an intern, I would never think about talking to my director um, that kind of for, uh, forwardly or that directly. Um, so it does come with that as well. But I think that that would be in a natural my my uh, reflection on how they are. You know, it's very interesting because as you speak. Sorry, you want to say something. Sorry, no, no, I don't want to, I'll say it in a minute. No, go on, go on. I'll remember, go, go. I, want, I just wanted to say that um, what, you, what you were saying though earlier about actually technology made me think, is it maybe, by the way, I will be coming back to what you said about steroids because I absolutely love it. I absolutely love uh, this phrase. I think it encapsulates so much. That's why I love it. Uh, I'm wondering whether because they, they, um, they were born into an into a environment of technology, whether, what does technology do? Technology enables a lot of voices to be heard at the same time. So by, by definition, or at least one of the definitions of technology is that it, and it's an amplifier, right? It amplifies this one voice you immediately think that it's not just you. It's not just you in that small village where you come from thinking about that. There are a lot of other people thinking the same thing, or there are a lot of other people having the same needs or uh, needing to, to escape, for, for example. So I wonder whether they are used to this, to the voice being heard because they hear the voice amplified through the technology that they have been born in. Mm -hmm. uh, you made me, you made me, you inspired me actually to think about that now that you were talking us through the technological evolution, excuse me. No, that's interesting. Um, what I wanted to say was about your previous comment, uh, or that you made me think actually the way you're describing the two generations and how one fought, or I mean, we're saying that, okay, we're millennials. So we're saying that we fought very hard to define everything. And then the new generation came and just built on it. It just reminds me of the typical example of an analogy of the siblings. How you have the first sibling that usually has to decide on- That's me, the by the way. That's me. <laughs> so that's not me. So that's really interesting because I'm a second child and I found everything ready, right? Somebody had to think about what their, their taste in music is, their taste in, uh, I don't know, food or um, sports or things. And then I could just accept or reject. And then like, <laughs> I'll do that. I'll listen to that. I'll, I don't like that. I'll look for something else. And it was such an easy starting point. Right. Love it. Love it. And not only that, but if you reject it, you can be loud about that as in, oh my God, what were you thinking? I don't want that. And create a fuss. I guess this is, this is the view of the firstborn on how they're creating a fuss when they don't like how I opened the path for them. <laughs> so, so you've been uh, in this twice, in a way, <laughs> generation. And so, and then now uh, your point on the technology, it's uh, very interesting because indeed uh, we uh, have never been in the world where uh, everything is the same. Like I feel that for us, it has limits where digital and physical start and end uh, because I, at least I speak for myself and I've, I think I'm quite uh, digitally savvy. Uh, there's uh, some point where I want to turn off my laptop, especially if I work too much at, uh, during my work on a laptop. I don't want to go back home to that. 
And um, sometimes I'd rather go and do my shopping in person and have the real life experience rather than the e-commerce one because uh, for me it's a different way of, uh, of pleasure, of uh, entertainment, of experience. And I think uh, when it comes maybe to the younger generation, they don't have that difference. They don't, it doesn't make a difference really the offline and the online. It's really about convenience. They're used to being in front of a screen for so long that they don't really want to go. Maybe they don't, I feel that's a personal opinion. Maybe they don't have the need to really get away from it as maybe we would. And definitely as our parents' generation would, right? Yes. Yes, yeah, that, that, is, that is something that touches on so many things, probably that they don't feel the need to create a physical boundary, right, it, which is similar to what we were saying the other time, that we feel we need to create a boundary between personal life and professional life, even if it's a physical one, by just shutting down our laptop. It could be that this generation, you are right, um, it's so used to it that integration is part of who they are. Integration of personal life with professional life is part of their life. That's life. Life is one. There is only one definition of life. There isn't personal and professional, which has so many implications in how they consume, how, so many implications how they purchase products, which is very much part of your world, but also so many implications of how they work. So it could be that um, the conversations that we are having at the moment with um, my team, the, the, my colleagues about nine to five is so redundant for them. I mean, it's even redundant for us in a way because we're talking about how work, work and personal life is now one. But for them, it could be actually even looking at us and going, what are you talking about? Why, why are you even actually thinking about what time do we finish work? Work never finishes. So really, really interesting implications for both them as consumers, but also them as employees. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, I'd like to see them now a little bit, uh, as you said, in how they are as employees, how they are in the work environment. But before um, uh, doing so, I think it's just uh, very important to talk a little bit about this, why we talk this, uh, what we call them as a, a generation in steroids, I think it's because of what they have already achieved uh, being so young. And uh, they already have a big icon, which I would say it's a Greta Thunberg when it comes to sustainability and climate change. And the fact that they have been in more than 150 countries, young people demonstrating every Friday about a topic that, as I said, we were claiming that we were the generation of the environment that they basically look at us in the eyes and they're saying, what have you done? What have you done? Why are we still in this mess? And they just took things in their hands and went out in the streets. And I think uh, that's already something so inspiring that we see from this generation. Totally. I cannot hear you. You're mute. And we're back on. Perfect. So we're learning already from them when it comes to climate change, but also, uh, as we were saying, they're taking uh, all these topics of um, caring about the products, the origins, the uh, being sustainable or the purpose of the company, um, agility, one of the topics that we talked about, how important it is for them, how important it is for them to, as you say, not having those boundaries. And um, uh, how do we see that uh, in, uh, in, the work in the workplace as well? Can you hear me? I can, you're breaking up, which is why I don't know whether you are taking a breath or, um, or I, I've lost you. No, I think you're now back. Perfect. So let's look at now at this generation in the workplace. And um, I think uh, we can learn a lot from them there as well. Totally. 
totally. We can we can learn a lot, and we can and think. And this is the very purpose also of why we're exploring that, right? To learn and to 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 pick up things that we might see from these people and adapt ourselves, because then coming into the workplace will be a massive um, sh uh, shake-up of the dynamics anyway, right? I remember, I remember actually I was reading that we are, uh, we, yes, I think millennials are the first, first generation to observe and to experience um, a workplace with four different generations working together. Now we have a new generation coming on board. I guess, if you do the maths, which I'm terrible at anyway, maybe you cannot get by definition more than four generations at the same the same <laughs> the same time. But anyway, if we um, if we say you can, in any case, in any case, having a new generation entering the workforce will shake things up, will change the dynamics. So it's important that we that we get ready ourselves to adapt to whatever this new reality looks like for all of us. And uh, I think there is a certain elements that we feel that, you know, we fought for and uh, they have that entitlement that you talked about, maybe. But on the other hand, I would actually say that a lot of the things that we talked about and we fought for, but we, it was very hard to see in prison. The fact that they come and they expect them from their working environment is what also gives us a lot of those benefits True. because uh, they're the ones who are really shifting the culture in certain ways. I don't think uh, it's the Gen X. So I'll give you a very simple example. When it comes to agility, work from home. Are we doing more work from home because it comes from the generation above us who want to do it? Or is it because of the generation uh, below us who take it for granted and expect it that um, makes it easier for companies to, look, to, to allow such measures and such policies within their corporation? Totally. So do you have something else from your... Sorry, sorry, I, I talked over you because I didn't know um, you're breaking up. An experience from your uh, environment, whether in the past or now. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and in a way where, where there might have been catalysts, because what you are saying is actually about them being catalysts for change, and you're, you're so right. I think... Um, I would say flexibility and um, and purpose are the, the two main kind of, in a way, things that keep coming back to my mind. Flexibility is number one. As a, Exactly as you mentioned, they take it for granted. So I think one of the big shifts that we will start seeing in organizations is that um, organizations can no longer actually hold flexible working as a massive benefit because for Gen Z, it's not a benefit. It's a given, and it's probably part of the employee experience anyway. So while I, I see big corporations talking about uh, flexible working as one of the main attraction points, I think it would be interesting to start seeing that this is no longer an attraction point per se. It's almost a um, hygiene, this is how we call it, hygiene factor, almost actually as given as you will be rewarded for the work, the work you do. I think that's I think that's one, and um, the, the the purpose thing, uh, the way also I see it is that that generation brings to the agenda the the purpose in a very again in a in a very emotional way. What I mean by that, it's not even it's not even actually um, about which which brand they want to work for. It's about they expect all brands and they expect all corporations and organizations to do something good for the society. It's not even actually rejecting those that don't and choosing those that do. It's about expecting from their employer to be adding something to the society that we all operate in, which I find really inspiring. Um, it's they, they, don't, they don't take they don't take no for an answer. Every employee has to, it's not even actually a CSR thing any longer, which I think used to be from what we inherited from our parents. From our parents, we started actually talking about corporate social responsibility. Now it's not even corporate social responsibility. It's, 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 it's in the blood 
of every corporation or should be in the blood of every corporation. How do they do some good um, in the world that we live in? So th those, I think, would be the, the two main pillars. Interesting, yeah. And uh, it seems to be also a generation that is really focused on the facts, the more focusing on the genuinity, the authenticity, rather than the emotional aspect. So I think uh, this is really relevant also to what you're saying. And uh, I think it's key by knowing and understanding a little bit better is to see how companies are prepared for this generation and uh, how, how we will train them, us millennials, right? Because we're the ones who will be their managers or who are their managers. So it's very important to really uh, understand uh, this generation, uh, whether it's Gen Z's or maybe young millennials, because maybe they um, share some of the characteristics as that we said. Exactly. And how we, how we reward them, how we recognize them, how we engage them, how we even actually get the message across. I remember seeing in one of the graphs that we, uh, we as millennials, we speak with fewer words, see Twitter, whereas they, they speak with images, see Instagram. It's, it's so interesting. Straight away, I, I remember all of my, um, all of my bosses and, and in the years to have said to me, fewer words, fewer words. Let's make it actually crisper. Let's make sure actually that your message can, can fit in a tweet. And now we are talking about not even a tweet. We're talking make sure that your message can be conveyed in a picture. That's really powerful, isn't it? And some things that I see and uh, I understand is that they, they don't like to talk on the phone. They hate the phone, uh, just <laughs> like it was something that we said about uh, millennials or young millennials. Uh, they, so they prefer images, like uh, their attention span, um, it's uh, smaller because uh, they're so used to consuming so much uh, social media that um, apparently YouTube is very big for them when it comes to influencing their decisions. Uh, it's even more important to, to follow an influencer in terms of following their recommendation rather than a celebrity or a friend. Uh, it's uh, really uh, more in vain to them than it is uh, to us, I think. And I find that really interesting because as we said, there are, so we said that we are technically savvy, they're probably the tech native ones, yeah. the real ones, where for them everything is social and digital and everything makes sense. And, but again, to take this example, uh, first of all, images, second of all, lower attention span, it's really important if you want to put a message across, whether you are uh, an employer, whether you are um, a marketing company, whether you are a parent, <laughs> uh, and whether you are a friend, maybe it's an invitation to a birthday party. You know, the communication is completely different. It has to be really relevant and catchy to make sure that you uh, put a message ahead. And, um, and part of all the things that we see um, is that how vegan uh, it's apparently it's cooler to be vegan than smoking. That's a great change from uh, one generation to another. Yes, yes. And if I, if I can say one thing about what you said about um, influencers, that's another really interesting one because I think it touches on the notion of trust. So this um, generation is probably. It, um, now thinking about who can I trust that could actually give me the content that I need and because and the reason why I bring up this this uh, word is because it is playing a lot um, in the organizational space right culture of trust and create trust with your leaders and with managers etc etc and it's such an important um, such an important point so this now we see a generation that is not even about curation of content because I think we were the generation that we, we needed curated content. We needed actually to be, to be shown filtered content. That generation now comes in and says, no, I'll, I'll hear you if I know who you are and if you have my trust, which I find fascinating 
And I think it will help us build cultures of trust as a standard. It's not even an excellence, a point of excellence, it's so, a foundation. Say so that again, please. We're the post and there's a live story. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. I knew there was there would be an, an analogy there. Yeah, because they, the, as you say, they want to see the truth, the raw truth, and uh, behind the scenes, really to know you, understand you, and uh, trust you. So that's really interesting, actually. And um, and something else that I think uh, we said that they don't really like to read a lot. I think they don't really like to write a lot either. And um, also we see voice search, uh, really search. We see that uh, voice in general is something that with them is very natural. They have Alexa or Google Home, the Siri. They, they, we like, they ask them, they, they grow up, they even grow up with them, you know, in the household. And uh, there is an Alexa in them and they talk and interact with Alexa. Which for us, if you want, it's uh, even uh, more uh, crazy in the way that we grew up uh, because um, it's still something that maybe we're not 100% confident in to interact with Alexa. We probably will ask a couple of questions. But uh, I find that the way they use it and the way they consume it, it's for them so natural, so normal. And I think, and really, this is one of the few times where I will say, mark my words on this, I really think voice is the future. And uh, it's still in baby steps, still we see it uh, and it's growing. Uh, we, we will start seeing it more and more in different appliances. But I really think that this is uh, something that we'll see more in the future. And that's why I think it's so interesting to look at this generation, look at their habits, understand what they're doing, how they're doing, how they think, because that's also how we'll be able to understand a little bit how will the future look like uh, for everyone in the end, right? Amazing. Let's put, let's put a date stamp on that, actually. That is May 2020, and you said that. We will come back to that. But I think this is also an excellent example of what I was saying earlier about we may recognize something, but well, I'm not sure if we will ever feel it. So in a way, if you asked me to create a content for a channel like Voice, probably because I don't feel as comfortable with this channel as the person coming after me, I might not even actually know how best to use it as a channel, which is where the original point that we were making about appreciating how we're all different so we can learn from each other, but also so we know how to best engage them lies. And so yeah, the, the moment you said voice, I was like, oh my God, I will never be able to engage any Gen Z with voice because I don't, I don't know how to, create content for the channel. Uh, I want us to put um, an end uh, to this, but just before we do, because uh, I think uh, we talked about how important it is to understand the future. Uh, it's important to also talk about COVID uh, as a reality, because we shortly mentioned it at the beginning, how this generation is graduating from schools uh, uh, and universities during this period during this reality, weird reality, not unreality. And also, they're going to start uh, within a recession. Right. So that is something that we experienced also a little bit uh, in 2008. And I think as a generation, we've been quite unlucky with uh, the recession and the post-recession and certain southern countries and then Brexit. And then I think uh, it's been, uh, now this, it's been a never-ending uh, tragedy. Of and, <laughs> and also terrorism. And uh, I was reading how terrorism for Gen Zs is something normal, which for us, it was something new. And because they really... Growing up, uh, they've been seeing it happening in uh, different countries around the world. Uh, and I think it's really interesting to see uh, how this generation is going to react to this. What are they going to do? And being very hopeful is uh, how are we going to see maybe more entrepreneurial um, generation because there won't be jobs for them. 
so they will have to create jobs. And maybe again, as millennials started this trend and they have raised a lot of money, they have exited, they have created, there's more funds now than ever. And maybe how from these funds that have been created, from these learnings of uh, the entrepreneurial culture that has started being built pretty much everywhere around the world, how this new generation can really leverage and uh, we can see something completely new in the future work. Yes, totally. And yes, and as you say, I think they are, they are born in this crisis. Well, not born, sorry. They start actually graduating. That's what I mean. They experience it as adults, right, this crisis. So they, they will need to adapt. But as we've seen, they probably are quite adaptable as, as people anyway. So I really trust, um, as, you, as, you also, as you also pointed out, that they will find the solutions to bring us actually into the future. And as you also alluded to, based on the foundations that we laid for them. <laughs> so uh, again, um, we make sure that we promote a generation before. <laughs> And uh, so that's a beautiful way to finish uh, talking about Gen Z's with the millennial contribution. Yes. <laughs> no, but I think it's to say that uh, we don't really know them. We tried to get to know them. We did some some reading before this uh, session and this discussion. And uh, also through this exchange, I think it has been really interesting to think a little bit more, to understand them a little bit more, hopefully. Maybe they're listening to us and they're saying, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you got it wrong. <laughs> I, don't, I, I never want to work with you. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. But we're looking forward to, to, to seeing them and meeting them and having them around us. And um, yeah, it's really exciting. Looking forward to this new generation. <laughs> Thank you so much for the chat, Constance. It's been really, really interesting. And it, I, I like because we explored something that no one really knows and no one can really say, oh, yes, this is right or wrong. So that was really unique, I think, uh, theme to explore. Thanks a lot, Olga. And looking forward to our catch-up next week and our next topic. Same here. Bye-bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye.